Now that we know what science is, you should try to examine anything calling, it, calling itself a science or a scientific theory and decide for yourself whether it is or is not a science. It is important that workers are able to make such examination because just as science has both the potential to help workers and the potential for being just another normative tool of tyranny over us by the powers that be, anything that calls, calls itself a science, such as the so-called social sciences, also have the same potential both to help us and to help tyranny over us. Workers' trades are simple to differentiate, usually because they do not deal with hypotheses or testing for purposes of predicting the future based on the past. They are purely pragmatic, are usually done by workers anyway, and their intent is simply on getting the job done. Trades do not have any normative social intent hidden in their processes about what truth is or ought to be in the same way anything pretending to be a science usually would have. Art lacks all of the attributes of science, but is itself a very complicated issue of aesthetics that is studied by the branch of philosophy called aesthetics. There will be a separate series of episodes on this podcast. Though the powers in their so-called modern art want you to, to believe all art is relative and purely in the eye of the beholder, especially in the eye of the rich person at cocktail parties that wants to pay a lot of money for art as an investment, there is a rational basis for aesthetics. Aesthetics has basic attributes for art that make it art and distinguish art from purely emotional propaganda that the powers that be use to distinguish themselves and their so-called art from the workers and their art. The most difficult distinction to make is between science and what are called social sciences that are not sciences but really want to be in order to give themselves credibility and to enjoy the power that science enjoys as a demigod. Simply by calling themselves a social science and getting away with it and marketing themselves as science, the social sciences gain a lot of credibility for their ideas and the powers that be enjoy and worship them just as they do science is a practical normative tool for controlling workers in society. That is why the powers allow the social, social sciences to be called social sciences. It is thus important that workers are able to understand how to dif differentiate science from the social, social sciences that are not really science. Science has the potential to help workers. So, social sciences, by pretending to be sciences, lose part of this potential for good because they are based upon the fraud of calling themselves science. It would be as if physics decided to ignore quantum mechanics to instead view the world through classical physics because such was neater and more pleasant. It would be neater and more more pleasant, but also it would be fraud, delusional, and it would uh, make physics lose its ability to predict the future based on past experience. Even if the practitioners of social sciences do not start out with fraudulent intent, since the powers that be accept and use them with this fraudulent intent of pretending to be something they are not, it then corrupts their technique and they wind up allowing themselves to serve as polemics and propaganda for the powers much more than if they admitted their status as simply a complicated and difficult trade, a pseudoscience, or an art. The social sciences are sciences in the same way that the Dewey Decimal System and the Google search engine may be considered science. They organize complicated and convoluted facts into an organized system, allowing for subsequently locating the facts based on one's needs for them, 
Such organization and categorization are important, difficult, and challenging tasks that share some of the attributes, some of the four attributes of science, but not all of the attributes, and therefore are not science. For example, psychology has no predictive value in none of the attributes of science, and it cannot and never will have them, unless perhaps the world becomes one big concentration camp, allowing for any type of behavioral experimentation and modification to be done upon humans. Psychology, as much as it tries, tries to avoid it, unavoidably has to deal with the concept of a conscious mind. As we discussed in the Truth and Illusion episodes, we know we are conscious, but that is about it. We have no idea what consciousness is other than I am, and no one has as yet ever come up with a definition of, co of the conscious mind other than consciousness. Because of this inability to define consciousness in any useful sense other than in in, an, in its existentialist sense, psychology and anything trying to create hypotheses or scientific testing of consciousness will never be science. This does not stop psychology from claiming it is by calling itself a social science, and the powers will always love it, even as a pseudoscience, because of its usefulness as propaganda and based on their hope of eventually turning the world into a huge concentration camp for human testing and modification. The powers love in particular psychological behaviorism that tries to ignore the conscious mind, but its attempts to ignore it always fail. At best, psychology and any pretend science that lacks any of the necessary attributes of science is a difficult trade or a pseudoscience defined by the philosopher Karl Popper, Popper as a rational tool whose adherents are able to cling to its, its hypotheses no matter how events turn out, because the hypotheses are not testable. Frederick Nietzsche defined poetry as the art of creating ripples on the surface of shallow water to give the false impression it is deep. This definition can be better used, perhaps, for a pretend or pseudoscience such as psychology. At the other end of the spectrum, we have rational tools such as economics or sociology that have all the attributes of science except perhaps for one or two. In the case of economics, it cannot have parameter-controlled experiments, and it, uh, it is also impossible to have simple theories that satisfy Occam's razor. Even if we were in a concentration camp allowing for experimentation upon humans, the complexity of even the simplest of human social interactions, such as even those between torturer and torturee, creates too many parameters for any type of meaningful testing for falsification of economic theories, or even for any type of simple theories that can allow for meaningful testing. Again, the infinite possibilities created by the undefinable conscious mind get involved. Economic theories have no predictive value except insofar as the theories can be put into the form of mathematical probability upon which either the powers that be or individuals are willing to take risk using those probabilities, at which point they simply become gambling, not science. Good gambling, very good gambling, but still gambling. As the good book says, the race is not always to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but that is the way to bet. So you should use economics as a tool in life in the same way that gamblers use and are aware of the odds in a poker or other gambling game or whatever, but such tool is not a scientific tool. I will next contemplate and compare particular examples 
of comparisons of theories, such as the theories of evolution and intelligent design, as particular examples of the ongoing modern problem of comparison of theories to see what is and what is not science, so that you and workers in general can see the process and, and its effects as they work in real life. <laughs>